No greater love than this, that a man would lay down his life. Thank God tonight he done it for each and every one of us. And he done it so that you and I could have life and life more abundantly. Even on a Wednesday night like tonight, to come and to join together as Gentiles, as heathens, come since considered us as dogs and without hope and without any of those things. But when he came, he paid a price that you and I could gather together such as we have here tonight. And he gave a promise where two or three gathered in his name. It didn't have to be a setting just like this, but where two or three gathered in his name. He said, I'll be there. I'll be in the midst. I'm thankful tonight that he's among us. Thankful to see each one of you in the house of the Lord tonight to come and worship him and have an ear to hear his word and a heart to receive it. A desire and a passion to want to live for God in this world that we're living, this hour and generation that we're in. Man, I am firmly convinced tonight it's going to mean something to make it out on the other side. Keep ourselves unspotted. Keep ourselves from being blemished. Presenting these bodies holy and acceptable and pleasing unto Him. Keeping our minds sound and our souls clean and our hearts pure. Amen. And loving this truth and gospel in Jesus Christ. Got your Bibles turned with us, 2 Timothy 3 and 16. Very, very familiar scripture on Wednesday nights in the last few weeks. And praise God. All scripture is given by an inspiration of God. It is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instructions in righteousness. That the man of God may be perfect, thoroughly furnished unto all good works. I want to be about the good work tonight. How about you? I want to be a part of that, involved in it. As the Lord moves in this house tonight. God, we love you. We're so thankful for the powers of your presence. The promises that's been allotted and given to us through the word of God. Lord, we ask you to help us here on this Wednesday night. God, you know good and well that we can't do anything without your anointing upon our minds. And the loosening of the powers upon our tongue. God, I ask you to move upon every vessel in this house tonight. It's Wednesday night, and these are earthen vessels sometimes can really, really cause us to be distracted. And the enemy and the weapons that's formed against us even tonight to cause distraction. But Lord, I pray in the name of Jesus that you'd bind every single one of them. I pray in the name of Jesus that there'd be a loosening and liberty and anointing. I would move upon every soul in this house tonight. A special touch upon my mind and my heart and spirit. Help us, God, to rightly divide the word of truth. Help us, God, to be led by the Spirit of the Lord. Bring forth the doctrine, the truth, the love of God, the love of truth. Help us be a gentleman. Help us, God. You help us, God, to bring it forth in a way, in a manner that it can be received. And God, it would be received with gladness in our hearts, in our spirits, in our minds. 
we would have an ear to hear it and a passion to hunger God to, to receive it. And that he would correct us. That he would guide us. That he would bring greater liberty into our souls, into our minds and spirits. We would leave far different than what we came. We leave with the nursing powers of your word, your touch into our spirits, your nursing powers in our hearts, our minds. Help us here tonight. In that wonderful name of Jesus, we pray. Lord bless you, and you may be seated tonight. It's good to see all in the house of the Lord tonight. Appreciate you being here. Brother Tony, it's good to see you. Been out working two or three weeks. Good to see you back here tonight. God bless you. Sister Lisa out with ankle surgery, but back. And God bless her. Good to see her in the house of the Lord, brother and sister Ford. And God, good to see our elders make their way to the house of God and help us along this journey. Thank God for elders and help us to stay grounded and established. And I pray for the bishops. And I know they're different ages and different ones carries that title more so today in America than they ever have. It's a pretty common title in Africa, but America has seemed to pick up on that title too. And uh, But I pray for all the bishops and pastors and elders and saints of God that God would keep us and strengthen us and help us in the world that we're living in, the times that we're living We'll be focused tonight on one particular chapter. We will shoot around a little bit, but the most part's going to be on 2 Corinthians. And I pray, my prayer is that this goes over very well and can be received in that manner. I've always pondered and wondered just how they had services in Paul's day and New Testament and just how they'd done song services or if they had singing and testimony services and things of this nature. But as we talk about the 14th chapter of 1 Corinthians, we are going to receive some instructions in this chapter tonight of some important areas in our lives as a church is a body of believers. And um, as you listen to some of the words of the Paul, his writings here. Now this is not the first letter that he had written unto the Corinth church. In fact, I believe it's 1 Corinthians 5 and 9. He makes mention that he had wrote it to them prior. Now that particular letter didn't find itself in the what we call the Bible, and the cloning that took place. Also, if you go to 2 Corinthians, there's two or three places in there that's mentioned of another letter. And most believes it's a letter written between the first and second letter. Amen. And it, it's actually referred to as a severe letter. We don't know. We don't have the privilege to know exactly what Paul wrote there. Now, if you come for a lot of screaming and all tonight, and if you come expecting to be just really kept awake, you may be in trouble tonight. But on the other hand, 
some of the things that identifies us as apostolics, that identifies us to be connected into the supernatural. An authority and power that makes all the difference in the world between us and every so-called Christian. I say it that way, not, not trying to be ugly. But I'm telling you, there is a conduct and a spiritual realm that's with the apostolic people. That has a love for truth. That follows the doctrines of this apostolic doctrine. There is a power and authority that goes with them. That's not with anybody else. There is a revelation. There is an insight. There is a power that moves with us. That the unbelievers and the unlearned and even the sinners. That when they come in among us. As we're led by the Holy Ghost in services. In church gatherings. That they would be inspired. They would be moved upon. They would be persuaded by this power. That there is no doubt or sitting in a supernatural realm. And a place where God Almighty is at. Church is not a place of just coming to feel good. And I love it. And you do too. I love the shouting. I love to feel the chill bumps. I love to dance. I love all the emotional side of the church. There is. But emotions and hype will not bring forth a demonstration like being led by the Holy Ghost and being used in the gifts of the Spirit and in the operation of God. There ought to be a certain amount of reverence when we pull in on that parking lot. There ought to be a certain amount of reverence and respect of the place that we just pulled in on. There ought to be a certain amount of expectation Amen, especially when it's a call service, a time that has been dedicated, a time that has been prayed and fasted over on a regular basis. Times has been allotted to all the families and the members of the local assembly knows of that time. And whenever we start gathering together in that appointed time and gathering, there ought to be such an expectation of in that gathering for the supernatural powers of God. And it doesn't matter if it's on a Wednesday night, Sunday morning, Sunday night, or any other time that those times have been set aside. I'm telling you that the God that you and I serve tonight, that we know Him through the power of His name and the power of His Spirit and the powers of His written word that's written on the tables of our heart and cause you and I become vessels of His. There is an anointing and a power that goes with his people that the rest of the world simply does not have. And that's the reason they're deceived and they can step around doctrines and practices and, and instructions that you and I simply won't do it. But we understand the importance, amen, whenever we sit before a place called a pulpit. We understand the importance of the words that comes across that 
that pulpit. We understand the importance of the doctrines themselves because you and I understand that without doctrine, there is no way to be saved. But by the doctrines of God and the instructions, neither with you and I, amen, get on a side road. Neither will you and I be deceived by false spirits and false feelings and false ideas. But the word of God and the Holy Ghost will always bring us back to the chief cornerstone. The Holy Ghost will always lead and guide us into all truth. The Holy Ghost, amen, will prop us, inspire us, instruct us, and we won't fail and we won't miss it. It won't be just by chance. Not in the Holy Ghost. Man, not in the Holy Ghost. Not when we used. What we're going to learn in this chapter, and I know there's two particular verses that uses the term doctrine. Six verse in this particular chapter is the focus verse. But you're going to learn the power of the tongue. The ability of it. What it can do. There's chapters prior to this that helps lead up to it. That helps us to understand we go back to the 13th chapter. And he talks about there, it doesn't matter if we have the power or the ability to have the tongue of angels or of men. This could be, I believe, possibly maybe even a number of things. But the most important, no doubt, is the tongues themselves. Tongues that has been denied by most religions. Most people that even call themselves born-again Christians do not believe in the essentiality of tongues. They somehow just overlook and bypass the prophecy that Isaiah gave to them several hundred years prior. Amen. They simply overlook what Joel had prophesied that he would pour his spirit out upon all flesh. And they would prophesy again. This prophecy, amen, is under an umption. An anointing that comes from heaven. There are those that cause it of the devil. Well, it's a funny thing that in Acts 2, that we're taught, amen, that it, the sound, it came as a sound from heaven, not from hell. It came from heaven. And amen, when this sound began to settle down upon some, not just 12, as some says, but approximately 120, and one of them happened to be the mother of Jesus. And as they began to speak into that heavenly language, amen, there's a difference of tongues here, but I'm going to tie it all together because there's so many out in our world today that simply just denies and overlooks and refuses, amen, to acknowledge the power of tongues themselves and the importance of tongues but everything's got its sound if you had birthed a child a man into this world and they are not able and cable a man to make a sound you're going to start examining them you're going to start questioning them you're going to start a man taking them to specialists and looking to see what the problem is and I'm telling you the church has got a certain sound to it the birthing of a child the birthing of a soul has got a certain sound to it and I know the devil's got his tongue and carnality's got their tongues but I'm telling you there is a tongue with a Jerusalem ring in it there's a transformation that comes amen with the evidence of the tongues amen that you read
read throughout the book of Acts. So we're going to talk a little bit about tonight the tongue. Amen. The power thereof. I'm telling you, I'm hungering and thirsting for an old, old-fashioned move of apostolic move of God. Hallelujah. I'm looking for the moment, the times when the Holy Ghost just baptizes them. When he baptizes the whole service. When he shows up in such a force and a mighty power. It's not about emotion. I'm telling you, it changes the atmosphere where you and I are at. His power and His presence moves in among us. Actually, a lot of scriptures in a sense, but we're going to do our best to try to cover them here tonight. We're going to take our time. Now, this 14th chapter is going to cover some areas that there's a possibility that some may not like. (laughs) I don't know. We'll just see. Paul wrote it. He knows why he wrote it and the reason. He knows the setting, amen, of what was going on here. Now, you got to remember this Corinth church was a church that had begun to abuse. They was beginning to deal with things and handle things in a way that wasn't God. It got out of sorts. It got out of fact. Paul had been absent from the church now longer than he was present with it. And so his word came unto him. He began to write letters unto them. Trying to correct them, trying to help them. In fact, if you go back to 1 Corinthians, the fifth chapter, and one of the issues he deals with, that's where he talks about the previous letter where he told him not to fellowship with fornicators. But he had to go into a little deeper to expound or explain it to them. He wasn't talking about the fornicators of the world. He's talking about the fornicators that claim to be Holy Ghost filled and tongue talkers and part of the church. Amen. So you have to disfellowship them and you have to put them to the side. Amen. And you even turn the flesh over to the devil and hopefully and preferably through that uh, that that correction amen they'll be brought back in and thank God this particular one was when you read second Corinthians but but this is some of the things you and I got to understand so we really begin to understand the power of the writing that's given to us here today and so as we watch this particular chapter amen the gifts of tongue is actually how it's referred to and we're going to focus you know we're going to go to the sixth verse but just let me start at the beginning of it. Amen. And, and I know, go, you go to the 13th. We're going to talk about that. I didn't mention, amen, you know, the doctrine of God's love. And, and so Paul addresses, amen, between the 12th chapter and the 14th chapter, because in the 12th chapter he talks about the body. And he talks about certain things that unfolds and takes place. And then in the 13th chapter, he sandwiched between these two of the gifts of the Spirit and, and the body itself needing one another and cherishing one another and loving one another and, and bonding together and binding together. And this letter wasn't written amen to destroy the church this letter was written amen to keep them and bring them out of doctrines and practices that was going to destroy them and destroy the church and so God's never had the word of God he never preaches or uses ministers amen to destroy us as individuals amen the preaching of the word of God is all about redeeming us and reconciling us and atoning us and keeping us in a raptured condition because you and I become the 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 the, the ones that the Satan and the world and all the unbelievers amen wants to attack him and wants us to 
join up with them and hook up with them and believe with them. But whenever it comes to the doctrines of the Word of God, I'm going to tell you something. We better get in a place that we can stand on the doctrines and the highways and the byways. We can't just get here and shout over it, amen, and then live out there any old way we want to or don't have a passion or a love for it. But we got to get out in the highways and the byways with the doctrines of the Lord Jesus Christ, living the life, doing the work of God, winning souls, pulling them out of the fire. Hallelujah. Seeing revival, seeing a mighty move of God. So it's if, if ever been a time that you and I need to read and study and get a revelation and understanding how God works in the church. So even when you look at that, you know, he begins to talk about if you got this. He says if you got the power ability with the tongue now. I believe sometimes even referred to as men with such eloquency. Man, I mean, they can pronounce every name and every place just perfect. Memorize the Bible, but they just, they just got it. Some of them do. Some apostolics. Thank God for them. And also the tongues, this in the heavenly tongue, amen. And again, I believe it's, you can relate to the anointing of the heavenly amen, the ability. It's God gives that ability, that anointing, that unction. That umption that moves upon us, that in, in, inspires and quickens and helps us. Amen. All of this works by one spirit, by one Lord. Go back to the 12th chapter, and you see how it all works. Amen. The different, uh, different ministrations, there's different operations, but all the spirits works from one spirit. All the authority comes from one Lord. And that's the reason, amen, in the beginning, he talks about there ought not be no isms and schisms in the body. Neither should you and I, when we come to the house of God, you and I should not, as believers, leave the house of God confused. And so this is basically what was happening to the Corinth believers. Every time they would gather, every time they would join together, amen. And he's going to talk about this in this particular chapter. All the doctrines, all the psalms, all the tongues, amen, everybody had. And it was causing nothing but confusion. And there was no, no edifying or building up. So we're going to learn again tonight. Now, I've taught this before, but we know this. The gifts of the Spirit is never to edify self. You pursue or seek after a gift to edify self and to make your own ministry. Hallelujah. You might attain that to a certain degree and even can attain a reputation. But there will be a moment of time, amen, that it's going to fail you. It's going to come up short. The gifts is given to individuals, amen. And I believe this, to individuals. Not everybody, amen. And this scripture right here is going to prove that. To prove, amen, that everybody don't have that calling just because you got the Holy Ghost. And you know what? I don't need to be jealous of my brother and sister that's got it. In fact, what I need to be doing is make sure that I pray for them, that God would keep them, that the devil won't, won't rob them, amen, that they won't allow it to be used for the wrong purpose or the wrong reason, and to, to edify quiet, edify myself. Because if I don't have the gift, I need a brother and sister in this body of believers that's got it, and that can use it for the glory of God. Because watch this, the gifts of the spirits are for two reasons, edify the body and glorify the Father. And there's no other reason. It's not about money. It's not about our names. It's not about none of that. It's all about edifying the body and glorifying our heavenly Father. And it's not used for any other purpose or any other reason. So, he talks about this. Watch what he says. I am become what you become 
it's sounding brass or a tingling cymbal. Huh. Doesn't have no certain sound. And, and again, the 14th chapter, he's going to address that again. He's going to liken that to that. You've got to have that certain sound to it. It's got to have that certain aroma to it. Amen. That's, 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 that, that, that notifies us, that identifies us. Amen. With the power and a presence. <laughs> you know how you, we attain these things? Getting the spirit and the attitude as Zacchaeus did. We may not have to climb a tree, but I'm going to tell you something. You've got you to go out of your way. I don't know how, but somehow a spirit has got a hold of America. And church has kind of become into a place. If you got time, go. If it's convenient, go. And that's the same spirit that you read about in the Old Testament when they refashioned the golden calves in Dan and Bethel. You hear me? Because he didn't want to make the trip back to Jerusalem. I don't care what kind of trip you got to make to the house of God. How much pain and agony you have to go through. It's always going to be worth it. When you set aside everywhere, and I know sometimes you can't, so don't misinterpret me. And I shouldn't have to explain everything. Some of us need to mature and grow up. Amen. And realize I want to be an adult. Hallelujah. I don't want be some kid. I was a child, but now I'm a leading child. All right, now watch this. I got this to back me up. Now watch this. He just talks about charity, and he talks about those sound, and all those things that we can give our bodies, and we can sell all of our goods, but without charity, without charity, without the love of God. And then he comes, amen, to the love of the But when I was a child, I speak as a child. I'm not going to start speaking, so don't just stick my lip out every time something I don't like. I don't know why he didn't. Get over it. Oh, some of us don't like it. Now, I, I got rebuttal against that a few years ago. But I'm telling you, spiritually speaking, there's some things we better get it over it. Because if we don't get over it, it's going to get over on us. Those are the serpents. Those little lines, attitudes, and spirits are going to grow up into big attitudes. Hallelujah. And those big attitudes, amen, overpower the attitudes that we ought to have toward God and the truth of God and the love of God. I tell you, thank God that he let me be a part of this kingdom. Thank God, amen, regardless of what it costs me, regardless of how much pain and agony and frustration i got to deal with, I'm glad to still just be in the church. So I was a child, I speak as a child, I, I, I understood as a child. I, I, I want to get beyond that understanding as a child. I thought as a child, I became, but, but, but when I became a man, I, what did I do? I put away childish things. I put away childish things. For now, we see through a glass darkly. Looking through a mirror, we're looking through a class, but dark. we don't get to see everything as clear, maybe as we'd like to. <laughs> but then, when that time comes, when that moment, because this same letter in the 15th chapter addresses about the resurrection and the celestial and terrestrial flesh, like no other writing. Okay, so you really got to start putting all the dots together to understand the power. Of what's, what's unfolding in the letter that Paul has written unto this Corinth church that was in trouble, that was full of confusion, that was full of, of everything you could possibly name under the sun. You got to remember now, this church, this was in a city, uh, amen, and that was on a arbor, amen, and there, 
it was rich. And everything from all nations and places was coming. All types of people and, and doctrines and cultures. I'm going to tell you something. We probably should have dealt with cultures a lot more than what we have. Because if we ain't careful, we're going to allow what so-called cultures rob us of some doctrines of the word of God if we're not careful and get us in trouble. I'm just telling you. I believe we're serving the same God. And it doesn't matter what nation you go on, what place you walk to. How do you, why do you say that? Well, let me ask you this. When, when the first day of Pentecost and the Spirit of God was poured out... Amen. And it talks about the 120 when they spoke in that heavenly language, the Galilean language. But yet there were 17 nations that was represented there on that day that did not speak in that language, but yet heard them, heard them, amen, knowing who they were, speaking in their language, fluently, amen, praising and magnifying God. Now to the individuals, they were speaking in tongues and didn't have a clue what they were speaking. But to them, amen, they understood what was being spoken at that time and moment. Come on, it's in your Bible. It's there. Amen. This language business and tongue business. Now, I know there can be a language that's heaven. And the Bible's going to talk about that. That no man understands and we don't understand. And there's a proper time and a proper way. Because what's the other thing? Neither can we take tongues and make a God out of it. And though we speak in tongues at a drop of a hat. And some might and some can. But if there's really a reason or a purpose. But if we just do it, amen, to impress people people. Well, you didn't impress too many. Hallelujah. Not if they know anything about the real genuine stuff, honey. Not if they have a revelation. Not if they have a call of God and the baptism of the Holy Ghost in their life. They can know. They realize. And not just that. It's missing something. It's missing something. Hallelujah. It's absent somewhere. And so, he talks about these that abide in faith and hope and charity. He goes from charity. Then he instructs us in the first verse. He says, he tells us, he says, follow after charity. Everything we're doing for God and the work of God and serving. Amen. As ministers, as saints of God, whatever it might. Let's do it with charity. Let's do it with love. I know it gets wearisome sometimes. Come on. And know the Bible's told us not to go weird and well-doing. But God, you help us keep a genuine life to be the servants of God. And the call and the election of God upon our lives. We'd find such a joy and an honor and a privilege. Amen. It, we wouldn't do it with regret. We wouldn't do it out of bitterness. We wouldn't, we wouldn't live this life with the, with the spirit or the attitude. Amen. Uh, okay. uh, I'm going to go on. I, I, I hate so follow after charity. And desire spiritual gifts. That means to eagerly pursue them. I'm not asking for a show of hands here tonight. But I wonder how many in this house tonight ask God, God, I want to be used. Now, he, he's, not, he's not talking about the Holy Ghost here. They already got the Holy Ghost. He's talking about spiritual gifts. Now, I know the Bible said what much is given, much is required. And sometimes if we, we may have the tendency, amen, I don't be used that way. Because, man, if I'm, I'm used that way and everybody's going to this and that. No. But for this church to be the body that God wants it to be, 
there's got to be some vessels in here that begins to pursue eagerly and hungry with the right spirit and the right attitude. Amen. And being willing to be used in the gifts of the spirit with the right spirit and with the right attitude. Not to be used as though we're mad. Neither can we use the gift, amen, to judge or to criticize or to tear down. The gifts of the Spirit was always used to edify, to encourage, and to uplift. Okay. He says, For he that speaketh, well, let me, but rather that he may prophesy. Prophesy, prophesy. He's going to deal with something here because as he goes through this whole chapter, it's really going to deal with how the power of the tongue, how it was used uh, in services, in church gatherings. Okay? For he that speaketh in an unknown tongue speaketh not unto men, but unto God. For no man understandeth him, howbeit in the spirit he speaketh Mysteries. That's what he does. This is, now watch what he says. But he that prophesieth speaketh unto men to edification, exhortation, and to comfort. That's what prophesying is. That's what it's about. It's to, with, with, with terms, and he's going to deal with this in depth. Uh, with, with the means and the ways to comfort us, to encourage us, to, that we ought to leave the house of God and the gathering stronger than what we came in. Because of the words. Because as we gather together, we let the Holy Ghost lead us and guide us and move upon individuals. And as those individuals moved upon and obey God, give direction. So... He that speaketh an unknown tongue edifieth himself, but he that prophesieth edifieth the church. So he realizes that this setting that he's writing about and talking about, he's going to mention church again. This gathering, it's a church. It's a public gathering. It's not a private one. It's one of a public gathering. And it's gathered here for a purpose and for a reason, to accomplish some things, to achieve some things. Amen. To, to bring forth some doctrines, instructions. Amen. For the unbelievers or for the unlearned. And even, amen, for the believers themselves that we become more indoctrinated or have an understanding or revelation. Could it be that even here, they, they took the letter first given to them and they went through letter through through every bit of the letter, you know, verse by verse and, and they expounded to them, this is what Paul, amen, has written to us and this is what his, how he wants us to conduct ourselves and how, and it worked. If you read on in the second one, you're going to see, amen, that's what it talks about, that letter between the two, amen, because he didn't want to come, amen, to find them, amen, in that condition, but he wanted to find them with joy and with happiness, amen. He didn't want to write or come to them in that manner and spirit, so that's one of the reasons he wrote the letter, amen, hoping it would have the works and the effects in their lives. And so he goes from that. He said, I would that he were spake, I would that he spake with tongues, but rather that he prophesied. For greater is he that prophesied than he that speaketh with tongues. 
Now, some takes that as though he's saying, it's better off not to speak in tongues. But listen to it. The next word. Except, unless, the only time it's appropriate, and the only time it ought to be in a public gathering, in a church gathering. Except or unless, you're going to interpret what's being spoken in the mystery. So why? Because unless somebody interprets it, there's no edifying, there's no building up, there's no encouraging. If everybody in this house gathered tonight, and everybody had their own tongues, and everybody has spoken tongues, it wouldn't edify nothing or nobody. This is what was happening in the Carmelite church. That the church may receive edifying. Folks, that's what church services is all about. It's come to edify. It's come to build us up. Through, through the means of songs and worship. Pre, pre-service prayer. All of this is geared, directed a man to, to strengthen, to edify, and to build the church and to strengthen the church. And not only that, but as we watch this unfold here tonight, the sixth verse is actually the key verse, and it's four ways that we're spoken to, instructed, and guided. Now, brethren, if I come unto you speaking with tongues, what shall I profit you? What advantage is it going to be for you? Except I shall speak to you either by revelation, and that would be disclosures of God, revelations from God, insight, what the scripture said, what he intended for it to say. Or by knowledge that, that we've already been taught in doctrines and revelations are, are in doctrines or teachings and knowledge have an insight. Don't you like to, you know, if something broke down in your house, you know, you, you don't call your doctor. Doctor, my dishwasher quit working. You think you got time? You know, the lights don't work. (laughs) Go check the breaker. (laughs) Make sure it's plugged in. You start to put, but you're certain. And so, that's the same way with, with this. Or by prophesying or by doctrine, teachings, doctrine. Folks, I'm gonna tell you something. Doctrine's far more important than what a lot of churches realize. They, they, they have allowed them to slip through, and they don't even have a clue. I hate to say that, but it's the truth. There's a lot of folks that's gathering in. They just want a little bit to do, a little bit to soothe their conscience and let them go on their merry way. And you and I got to be careful that we don't let that same spirit get a hold of us. But uh, we'd have a passion, a hunger, and a thirst for what the Bible has to say. What's written inside these, these, these pages right here. That you and I are going to have given account. You know, you know, the only one you're harming when you don't take on a regular basis, read your Bible. You're the one that's losing. You're the one it's going to cost. And there's a strong possibility others. Because the lack of study... Amen. And Paul instructed Timothy to study the show yourself approved unto who? Unto God. Studying the scriptures, understanding what they have to say. It's all about drawing us unto him to walk in his image and likeness and kindness. He says, so we see four different ways, either by by revelation, by knowledge, prophecy, or doctrine. Even things without life-sounding sound. Here we go. You heard it in the first, first Corinthians 12th chapter. 
without that giving sound, whether pipe or harp, it don't matter. It can be a stringed instrument or it can be a pipe instrument. It's got to have that certain sound. I can take you back in the Old Testament. The silver, amen, trumpets that was used. They was used for information or for, for, for instructions unto Moses and to his people. That they would know because he was leading some three million people. And they didn't have cell phones. And so it was a certain sound of that trumpet. They know whether to go in battle or they knew, amen, to line up. Or, or it's time to gather in the tent and fold up and we fix the move. All of this worked in hand in hand and worked together. I'm going to tell you something. The certain sound from the pulpit and the certain sound from elders and the sounds that we need like never before we need to make sure they're backed up in this book we can't use ideas and opinions I don't care if we are Pentecostal I don't care what 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 degree we might be in Pentecostal we never reach a point in the place that we get outside the word of God we never reach a point in any how young we are how old we are we gotta stay with the doctrines of what the book says it doesn't matter who comes along and who says it hey man I'm telling you Paul himself taught us if you preach any other gospel than that we have received you consider him a curse he said though we are an angel come that's the same way with the doctrines ladies and gentlemen we got to get back to some old fashioned doctrines because it's going to bring us back to some old landmarks it's going to bring us back to some powers of God and demonstrations of the spirit of God it's going to bring back some respect to this place. You won't as easily come in here with 900 things on your mind. Because you'll be afraid you'll be called out. Not out of rudeness and ugliness. But for our soul's sake. And also for the church's sake. <laughs> so as he keeps moving from that. For if the trumpet gives an uncertain sound. Have you asked some what they believe? Well, mama says, and the pastor says, and you ever ask some folks out there, do y'all know the plan of salvation? Can you tell me the plan of salvation? Can you instruct us? Can you... Uh, you, you see what I'm talking about? <laughs> How you going to know what is piped to you unless... For if the trumpet give an uncertain sound, who shall prepare himself to battle? So watch this. Listen to what, what the next verse. Watch it. Ninth verse. So likewise, E, you like the harp. You're like the trumpet, the sound that you send out can either prepare somebody or not. Can be a warning. So likewise, he except he utter by the tongue words easy to be understood. How shall it be known what is spoken? For he shall speak into the air. It would be though that I'm in this house all by myself tonight. And there's not one single soul in this house. If I don't speak in terms and in doctrines and truth, I might as well be speaking to the air. Or if I spoke in a manner and a way that you didn't have a clue what I was saying. If you didn't have an idea to comprehend, to understand. He's building something. He's working on it. Watch him. There are... It may be so many kinds of voices in the world. None of them is without signification, without identification. 
I'm telling you, in, in our generation is in, is in contact with more voices than they've ever been. At the click of a button, you can get voices from any point out of this world, any religion out of this world, any demonic forces out of this world. You can click in and get tap in to no telling what. Just one click of a button. And if you're, if you're not anchored and if you're not settled, if you're not persuaded, huh. I'm going to tell you something. The devil's after the apostolic church. He's not worried about the rest of them. They're already wishy and washy. Most of them's already got so wide. There's no depthness to them. They're so shallow. I'm not being ugly. I'm telling you like it is. That's the reason no big ships are going to sail there. That's the reason there won't be no big revivals unless they come out of it. There's only going to be one place where the revival is going to be at. And that's in the truth. That's in the power and the obedience of the Holy Ghost. And the voice of God that flows through us. Those that's blowing the trumpet and playing the harps. Under the umption and anointing and the power of the Holy Ghost. Those that's walking in the gifting and the callings and the election of Jesus Christ. Those that have not allowed the grace of God to be in vain. But by the grace of God living overcoming God. Overcoming, amen, unrighteous and ungodless in this present world. Overliving, overcoming, overpowering ungodless in this world. Not associating with it. Not joining up with it, not butting up with it, not okay in it. Hallelujah. Well, I'm not sure. Oh, yes, I'm sure. You must be born again. I am sure the plan of salvation. I'm sure amen, a doctrine, amen, that delivers and sets us free and do power with us, amen, the only one that can stop the power of the enemy. It goes on from that. Therefore, if I know not the meaning of the voice, I shall be unto him that speaketh a barbarian. And he that speaketh unto me shall be a barbarian unto me. Huh. Watch the next verse. Even so, he. Again. Puts it back on us. It's the vessels of God here. It's the voice of God. <laughs> For as much as ye are zealous of spiritual gifts. Seek that he may excel. To edifying the church in all that you excel into doing. Make sure it's to edify the church. Watch this. You know a good way to whether or not if my spirit's right? It's when I come up with an idea and nobody likes it. And somebody else comes up with one. And I just put my heels in the sand. And I don't join up. I don't join in, and I don't agree with it. But I always just murmur and complain about it. I don't know why. They always got to have it their way. I'm more of the Holy Ghost tonight than you think I am. I really am. That's not mature saints of God. Amen. That's not Holy Ghost. That's not about edifying the body. That's about edifying self. God's not interested in edifying self. Amen. He's in interested in edifying the body. And that's the reason you and I have got to reach a point in place that some of these things really don't matter. We've got, to, we've, got to, we've got to throw that pacifier away and that bottle away. And we've got to let little isms and schisms, amen, quit affecting us. And we've got to get to that point in place, amen, for the gospel's sake, for, for the edifying of the body. I'm going to love them. I'm going to join in with them. It doesn't matter if they sing my song or not. It doesn't matter if you've got my preacher or not. It don't make any difference. I'm here, amen, to see the glory of God. I'm here to see a move of the Holy Ghost. 
and nothing's going to feed me and nothing's going to sidetrack me and nothing, amen, is going to get over my spirit, my heart, my mind. I'm going to worship. I don't care who's preaching. I'm going to magnify and exalt God. I'm going to do my best, amen, to make this the best service to edify somebody, build up. And you know what? I'm going to be blessed in doing it. Thirteenth verse, wherefore let him that speaketh in an unknown tongue pray, pray that he may interpret it. Our God moves upon you and you can't contain it, you can't control it. You got, you got to pray God, we got to have it. If there's no interpreter, watch him. For if I pray in an unknown tongue and my spirit prayeth, by my spirit, by my spirit prayeth, but my understanding is unfruitful. What is it then? I will pray with the Spirit, and I will, I will pray with the understanding also. I will sing with the Spirit, and I will sing with the understanding also. Else, when thou shalt bless with the Spirit, how shall he that occupieth the room of the, what's that? Unlearned. Unlearned is somebody that has not simply been informed. Might be the first time to be in an apostolic service. Might be the first time they've ever heard such a doctrine. Felt such a presence. But if I come just speaking in tongues to impress everybody. To edify myself and not really concerned about the body. If I come to use my talents to do whatever it might be in the body and the local assembly. And it's all about me. Those callings and elections are without repentance. God don't take them back. A lot of people's using their callings and elections for the devil and for the world and for money. I'm preaching to us. God gave us talents and skills and ability for his kingdom and for his service. And everything that we do, word and deed and action, it's really all about being a testimony and a witness of Jesus Christ. It's not just in the local assembly and when you and I join together, but it's when I go out in the highways and the byways. It's when I'm out among all of them. Hallelujah. Why you got a smile on your face? What is that glow all about? I got a substance inside of me that's living. Amen. I'm a living stone, as Peter put it. I'm not dead in trespasses of sin. I'm not groping in darkness. I didn't say I didn't have difficulty. I didn't say I didn't have troubles. I just know the one inside of me is the author and finisher. And regardless of where I'm at and what I'm battling with, what valley I'm in, what mountain I got to climb, I got a church that believes in me. I got a God that believes in me. I got a church I'm believing in. I got a God I'm believing in. So it doesn't matter what the odds look like tonight. They're going to help me and I'm going to help them and we're going to make it. It's so... Unlearned, uninformed, they, they, don't, they don't know. Say amen, and at thy giving of thanks and seeing thee, he understandeth not what thou sayest. For thou verily givest thanks, I'm going to have to hurry just a little bit. Well, but the others, it's not edified. I thank my God, I speak with tongues more than he ought. Now watch him, he's clearing some of this up. I speak in tongues, but there was a time and place. Paul says, I'm not going to come in, in the public gathering and impress everybody with my speaking in tongues. I'm not going to overcome in the service, and that's all I do, just speak in tongues. 
If I do, I'm going to interpret it. Yet in the church, I had rather speak five words with understanding. That my voice, that our voice (laughs) might teach others also than 10,000 words in an unknown time. Brethren, be not children understanding. Howbeit in malice be ye children, but in understanding be men. You know, it's amazing to me. You can watch kids, man, they can get at it, scratch and fight and beating up one another. And two minutes later, hugging up and buddying up, man, doing things. Mamas and daddies stay out of a lot of times. I can tell the appearance of some faces, but uh, (laughs) I'm telling you, we're living in a world that's full of offenses. People's too easily offended anymore. If you just look at them, you know, just wave at them, man. They want to. I went by somebody today, and, you know, I didn't flag them down, but I probably needed to. And come on, man, smile. Don't you ever smile? I'm not going to live life grumbling and griping about everything going on. God's redeemed me. God saved me. I got the hope not only in this life, but in the life to come. Regardless of what comes and goes. My God's got it. My God's got it. My God's got it. So, we, we, got, to, we got to get to that place. That I've come in on purpose. I've come to edify. I've come to build up. I've come to strengthen. And God, whatever you bless me with, however you anoint me, when I get up to sing, when I get up to preach, when I get up to pray, amen, I don't care if I'm sitting back here on the back row or if I'm on the front row. No matter if I'm sitting in the middle, God, I want to connect. I want to plug in. Amen. When it comes to prayer time, I want to lift up my voice. I want to pray, God. I'm not looking around. I'm not cleaning my fingernails. I'm not observing everybody. Else. No, I'm tapping into the throne and room of heaven. I'm tapping into the head. I got a responsibility to part of this body of believers. Amen. To connect and plug in. Coach, watch this. Bones, one, one connects to this and, and that and connects. But if there's no connection, what happens? You've got to connect. You and I have got to connect. And we connect in the Holy Ghost. We boast about it. We preach about it. We believe in it. But we also got to be led by it. And you can't let your spirit dominate and overpower it. You can't let your preconceived ideas and opinions how to have church and how to have a move of God. We ain't got this thing down packed. Amen. We don't even know how to have church. And without God and the move of God, you can't have church. But if we'll let God and the Holy Ghost move among us, the gifts of the Spirit, the operation of the Holy Ghost, I'm telling you, the miraculous is going to happen. Okay. Goes to that. He says, in the law it is written. With men of other tongues and other lips while I speak unto this people. This comes out of Isaiah 25, 11 and 12. And yet all that will, they not hear him. Saith the Lord. Wherefore tongues, therefore sign, not to them that believe, but to them that believe not. But prophesying serveth not for them that believe not, but for them which believeth. If therefore the whole church be come together into one place and all speak in tongues, there come in those that are unlearned or unbelievers. Will they not say that they are mad? 
It's a bunch of loonies. <laughs> Man, all I hear of them is a bunch of jabber. <laughs> Praise God. He didn't say that he didn't want us to speak in tongues now. We ought to on a regular basis. <laughs> but if all prophesy, now watch him. There come in one that believeth not, unlearned, amen. Is he convinced of all? Is he judged of all? Thus are the secrets of his heart made manifest. So falling down upon his face, he will worship God and report that God is, is in you of the truth. There's the key. We want people to walk in this house to know that God's in this house. But he's not only in this house. He's in you. Because really the only way God can be in this house and operate, honey, is through you and I. He's not going to send angels. He's not going to let his, I tell you, it's going to flow through earthen vessels. Just like you and I. Amen. And when we go out in the highways and the Bible, and I'll tell you something. If we can't connect here, we're never connecting out there. Are you hearing me tonight? Hallelujah. It's not about us. It's not about our ideals and our opinions and all the bad deals that we got and all the mistreats we got. I'm telling you the love of Christ ought to wash all of that away. The blood of Christ and praying through on a regular basis would always keep me connected. You know what offenses would do? Cause betrayal. You know what betrayal leads to? It's hatred. Envy. And strive. Those spirits can get a hold of us. And if we're not careful, they can get a hold of us. Not really possess us, but oppress us. And use us. First use, you know, you attack the body. The very thing that the devil and hell cannot defeat is a church. But you and I as individual members can destroy body because we're, we're, we're caught up let me ask you you'd be saying let me ask you, and I know it's getting late but, but let me ask you something our world tonight what is it focused on self listen to it watch it it's all about self it's all about my belly it's all about my desires it's all about getting it my way that, that you could take that to the color of their skin. You could take that to, 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 to the sexes. You could take it to all that. It's all about self. And if America don't wake up, you know why America's going down the tubes? America used to fight and stand up for America at whatever cost. They was willing to join together and come together. Oh, 9-11, honey, we watched them. Amen. We watched the Republicans and the Democrats get on the White House steps together and sing them old good gospel songs. And God gave us a wake-up call. But we didn't stay awake up and we didn't stay at it very long. I watched it right here. We had Tuesday night prayer meetings. About a third of the church would show up. But that Tuesday night, following 9-11, these folks that walked in that prayer meeting that night had never been here. I ain't being ugly. I'm just telling you, that wakeness stirred us, moved. We thought end time was on us, buddy. God's trying to get us. I want, a, I, want a, I want an awakening of the spirit. 
I want a stirring of the Holy Ghost. Amen. And a unity that gets us so together. Amen. The devil attacks any one of my brothers or sisters out here. Son, and the Holy Ghost, something would move in me. Amen. And I'd start covering them with prayer. God to wake me up at the midnight hour and say, hey, there's a member here. Hey, they're in trouble. They're in battle. And somehow by the help of God, we'll stay connected. But I'm going to tell you something. Our own spirits and wrong eyes, it disconnected. And there's no way that I can connect or God connect me to you. The devil's working. Foul spirits and things of that nature. And, and that's what happened here. It's all about self. That's all about the supper. You go, you watch all this. And now, I don't know what time later. So he begins to give us an order and some rules, amen, to go by with these doctrines and, and tongues and revelations and interpretations. He says, if any man speaking on no tongue, let it be by two and the most three. If we're going to have tongues, we're two, three at the most. How many interprets? Then he goes to prophecy. What does he do there? Let two or three prophesy or preach or minister. And then everybody else, what, what, what's everybody else going to do? Judge. It's in there. So you know what? I better not get an attitude if you want to judge what I'm saying to make sure it's in the book. Now, if you judge it to try to say, well, he, he's out of the book, well, that's up to you. <laughs> but I'm in the book, I'm in the book. <laughs> he goes from that. He says, if any man speak in an untongue, let it be but two or three, one interpret. But if there be no interpreter, there's a possibility there will be no interpreter in the body or the setting. Now, if we're talking about a church, you know what? We need to start praying to have an interpreter, don't we? Oh, well. Thought I was doing better than this, but I don't know. <laughs> Maybe we need somebody that really, in tongues, and somebody really interpret. I'm telling you, there's a holy presence that moves in the house of God under the divine supernatural powers of God. Amen. And that's what it's all about. That's what got us here. That's what holds us here. It's those visitations and moves of God, whether in service or in private meetings. Amen. It's in that time and he fills up the house of God and he fills up that, that prayer room. He fills up the cab of that truck or whenever he, I tell you, those encounters, amen, it's worth the price. It's worth going out of your way, amen, to, to be, to be encounter that, to experience that. And it's those experiences, amen, that keeps your mind right, that keeps your heart right, that keeps your spirit right. And without those encounters, honey, you and I are not going to survive the journey. We're not going to make it. The power of the tongue as it goes on. He said, let him keep silent in the church and let him speak to himself and to God. Let the prophet speak two or three. Let the others judge. If anything be revealed to another that saith by, let him first hold his peace. For he may all prophesy one by one. Not all at the same time. How many of y'all picked that up the other night when Brother Ford was song? When he had about half of them over here singing one part of it. And he had the other half saying another part. And even they kind of looked at one another and kind of grinned and kind of. <laughs> Praise God. 
You know, that's like coming up here and, and telling somebody, I want you to play Amazing Grace. I want you to play bass singer. I want you to play just a little talk with Jesus. Drum players, amen. I want you, you, you to play, amen. I'm flying away. Got to have a certain sound. They all got to be in tune. They all got to be in the right timing. We all got to be singing the same song. And as much as we got to sing the same song, that's the same way the body works. That's the way a search service works. That's the way the gifts work. It's all about edifying the body and edifying the head and doing the work of God. That's what it's all about. It's not about us individually. In one way it is, but in the other way it's not. Hallelujah. I want to be involved. I want to get involved. And wherever God and however God wants to use me, that's fine with me. And if he don't, I'm going to pray that God will use somebody else. I ain't got to be the one that laid the hands on them and God heals them. I ain't got to be the one that prays a special prayer. I ain't got to be the one either. But neither do I want to just sit back and wait on everybody else to do it. There'd be a desire to pass it. God, I want to be used. I want to be involved. You energize my body. You equip my mind. You equip me, God. You're not us. You help us win souls, win souls, win souls. <laughs> Going down through this. Amen. The spirits of the prophets are subject to the prophets. When he talks about the prophets, you got two or three and four. And they, hey, the, the spirit's subject. You, you, can, you can stop it. You can, there's an order. There's a way. A man to handle it, to work with it. He says, for God is not the author of confusion, 33, but of peace. And in all churches of the saints, let your women keep silence in the churches. God put that, Paul put that for a reason. Watch him again. All this, this whole chapter is about order. Doing things decent and in order. Doing it in a manner and a way that edify and build the church and convict the hearts of unbelievers and sinners. That's what this is all about. And so here Paul writes and tells for the women to be silenced. <laughs> Quiet. Have you ever studied what Peter wrote about the women? We focus a lot on the gold and the silver and the pearls. Costly array. But you hear very little about the meek and quiet spirit. An ornament, I'm telling you. Watch this. I could back up a few chapters and go to the headship. And whose head you represent. I'm going to tell you something. Ladies, if you constantly run your husband down. You constantly beat him up. That head represents, you represent his head. His head represents Christ. You know what you're doing? <laughs> Every time you do that, it gets his head. It's like you going in. Boom, boom. You ever see people get mad and I mean, just butt your head against the wall? I know somebody ain't going to tell you his name. Most time he didn't do it but once or twice. You're killing your authority in your life. You're casting it down. And so here, now they tell us, do a study, you can look at it. What they tell us is the women sit on one side and the men sit on the other. And so when Paul was addressing some of this and saying some of this, or they was reading it to them, there's a strong possibility, I don't know, I'm just assuming this. Maybe they were saying, you know, why? 
I use William. I had to be a safe name. William, what does he, what does he mean by that? And this and we're saying that and this and And you know how it is. This and gets to talking. This and get talking. First news, you know. It's chaos. We went to our Aunt Faye's house after Jan's little deal cemetery the other day and we came in and we had just got there and a couple come in behind us from Carthage and Aunt Bonnie was sitting there and she's she's the one but she's she's always a car. She says come on in here to this Harold house. She said we all talking at the same time. We don't say nothing but we're all talking at the same time. <laughs> and she's telling the truth. I can still remember as a kid. <laughs> there's 20 of them in there. There's 20 different conversations going on. <laughs> And so, there was a reason and a purpose behind this. Now, I can't go into scriptures where, watch this. You know, such thing as they just stay silent. And what do we mean by that? Well, how did Philip's daughters prophesy? I believe there's a setting. And I believe there's a time. But Paul wouldn't allow them in the, in the gathering of the church. Neither would he allow them to take position or authority over a man. I could assume some things, but it'd only be assuming. But I'm telling you, he was trying to get things in order. He's trying to get it in a place where people could grasp and comprehend. It's not a time, even in our time. Ladies, it's important you to find your place. Men, it's important you find your place. You You got to buck up. You got to bear the responsibility. The responsibility of your spiritual of your spiritual condition of your household is yours, not your wife's. You're the priest of your house. If you don't have one, if you don't have a husband, and if you don't have a dad that's in the church, then you got a pastor and you got spiritual leadership, but you got to muster up as a, as a mother. You got to do it. You can't use the excuse, I don't have a husband, to let your children just do what they want to do and live the way they want to live. Still obligated, responsible. Come here. Why? We're trying to do things decent in order. Listen to it. Listen to the remainder of it. I know it's time. It's, it's 8.53. I know. What's, what's in the 37th verse? If any man think himself to be a prophet or spiritual, let him acknowledge that, that the things that I write unto you, watch this, are the commandments of the Lord. That's pretty potent there now. Now that just, that just summed up all that he just addressed now. So don't get mad at me. I'm just telling you what Paul wrote to the Corinthian church. There's a, there's a way. There's an order. But if any man be ignorant, let him be ignorant. If he don't believe this is commandment of God, just let him be ignorant. His day will come. His hour will come. But if you're a prophet, if you got the Holy Ghost, you're living for God, you know this is commandment from the Lord. And you and I are required to obey it. It don't matter if you like it. It don't matter if you dislike it. It don't matter if you believe it or if you don't believe it. I'm telling you it's a commandment from the Lord. And we have the responsibility to love it and obey it. I'm so glad to see all the excitement on 
your faces tonight with this commandment. Praise God. It's going to put order in this church and souls are going to be born. Some miracles are going to happen. Revival is going to take place. I want to do it God's way. I'm not in no new single fangled stuff or new panic. I'm not in right I'm telling you an old-fashioned move of God, the Holy Ghost, that dies out demonic forces, the powers of oppression. Hallelujah. God, even on a Wednesday night like tonight. I'm finishing. You can stand. I'm, I'm, I'm through. A couple, couple of verses. Wherefore, brethren, covet to prophesy. Forbid not to speak with tongues. Let all things be done decently and in order. Do all things decently and in order. Just unto the Lord. Church, let's have church. Let's have a move of God. Let's, let's, let's position ourselves as hunger and thirst. Amen. Let that increase. I want to be used in the gifts. Amen. I'm gonna, and, and God, and I want to use them with true charity. Not as a show, not as a front, but the true love of God would show out of me. And so saying that, it's gonna, you're going to be challenged. I'm going to be challenged. This church is going to be challenged. And so what we need to do is pray, God, you help us. You help us like never before. Amen. Because we want to win souls. We want to see these chairs filled up. We want to buy that field. We want to build buildings. We want to get serious about this school business. We want to get serious about the work of God and the kingdom of God. We want to raise them up in the admonition, the nurture of the Lord. We want them to know what it is to experience, amen, these kinds of movements and outpourings of God. Thank God for count meeting. Thank God for conferences. Thank God for revivals all around the land but we got to have it at the home plate we got to have it here God and it's our hunger and our passion our desire and our willingness to submit it's all about submitting it's all about submitting it's all about yielding it's all about God and not us we love you tonight and appreciate you we really do and uh, I know it's getting a little late, but men, if you don't mind, I'd like to speak with you just a minute in the fellowship. All, all the men of the church, if you would, join me over there for just a minute. Well, we're going to talk about Father's Son Banquet for just a second. So if you would, join me over there. Put this in your heart. Put this in your mind and spirit. I want to find my place in the kingdom. I want to find my place in the family. I want my family to be blessed of God. Amen. I want them to be used of the Holy Ghost. I'm telling you, I want the goodness and the mercy of God in this church. I want this community to know there is a gateway. There is a battle. There's authority and power in this place. If you can drag yourself in this house, you can bring all the demonic forces and powers of evil with you. But I'm telling you, the power of this will quicken their hearts, quicken their minds, help them realize, amen, tell them the secret things of the heart. <laughs> That's what it says. And we believe in it. We believe in it. So don't you pray with me. Believe with me. Worship with us. And let's just trust God. And believe in the Lord tonight. Don't let me forget this. Also one more announcement for let you go. Graduation. The 25th. Cade Roberts. Amen. I'll be graduating. This is the 25th. This is coming week from tomorrow night. Am I right? At the Mutual Center in Mobile. You've been invited to it. This Sunday night we're going to help celebrate here. Brett's coming too, right? Brett's coming. We're going to celebrate with both of them this coming Sunday night. There's a sign-up sheet in the back, ladies. So please sign up and look forward to that this coming Sunday night. Love you tonight. Appreciate you. Men, if you would, come over there and we'll try to make it as quick as we can. Okay? God bless you.